Off the ball. You two lads are from Leinster, so it's no wonder you're given out of the provincial championship. I don't want to take away the provinces. Who drew the geographical lines back in the day? It's because of the way that the provinces are broken up. Subscribe to the OTBGAA podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. The News Round on Off The Ball with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave with your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now. This is News Talk. Now, folks, you're welcome along to Tuesday evenings Off The Ball. So very happy to say Stephanie Meadows is going to join us fresh from a T3rd at the USPGA, second major of the year. And she was not having a good year up until this point. It's a major upturn in her fortunes. So Stephanie Meadow will join us and tell us about playing in the final round with her friend, Leona Maguire, in the final grouping. Her, uh, like I said, best finish since her very first major in 2014. So big week for her. She's on the way at half past seven. We have Matt Slater, always a brilliant journalist from The Athletic. He's going to talk to us about the Saudi Pro League and just where this is all going. They're certainly spending the cash at the moment. And they said it couldn't be done. Six in a row, a slight tangent. Mick McCarthy, hello. Level with the dubs. If we get (laughs) as far as we could be cancelled by eight o'clock, who knows? As good an achievement. I would say easily. I mean, you know, they had their Mayos, their Kerry's laterally, Mm -hmm. you know. We've had, I don't know what, Arthur just shouted something in my ear. Um, he said, where's our AIG? <laughs> exactly. There you go. Why has no one sponsored a slight tangent yet? What's going on? We're open for business, folks. Well, you know? there's no guarantee we'll do it next week, but we are open for we're business. O- we're open for business now. I mean... If we're sponsored, then we would have to do it every week, and I'm not sure we want to yeah. go down that route. And, and will, will we, you know, like, uh, share your corporate views? Of course we will. <laughs> <laughs> whatever you want yeah, guys. We'll say whatever you need us to say 53106 is the text number we're out off the ball on Twitter uh, Richie McCormick as excited as everyone about six in a row of a slight tangent no doubt pumped Joe absolutely yeah. pumped and it is a better achievement than the dub six in a row I think it's pretty easy to say that any, any burning issue you'd like us to discuss oh. <laughs> It's just like you were in our production meeting earlier. Split Dublin in two, could we talk about that? We couldn't think of Make anything. Make sure they never do six in a row again. We're fully reliant on emails this week. We couldn't think of anything. There's no there's no yeah. there's no thing. If only there was a major news story that which we could glom onto and perhaps work that in our favours. We, uh, we, yeah. we did we did wonder should we talk about Rantoberty, but we felt it was just that bit beyond our scope. Mick had a lot to say. I, I don't know about beyond their scope. I think maybe a bit old at this stage. I don't know. Only getting started. Only getting started, Mick. Yeah. When you yeah, see those 24 hour news cycle, there. folks, you know, we're moving on. <laughs> we'll all have forgotten about it. We'd like to welcome to the show our new colleague, Mr. Ryan Doverty. <laughs> the news round, because there is a very uh, significant first story, Rich, is brought oh, yeah, to you with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition is available now. Welcome to the big time. Yeah, Republic of Ireland forward Shadoziog Bene has joined Premier League newcomers Luton Town. The 26-year-old was a free agent following the expiration of his contract at Rotherham. Speaking to Luton's YouTube channel this evening, Bene outlined his and the club's ambitions for the coming season. Foremost, um, I'll be honest with you, I think our ambition is to, to stay in the league. Um, we want to be competitive as well. We don't want to just be hanging on by a thread. And I believe that this group of players will be competitive, I think. We have a group of players that's willing to work hard and you know with high work ethic and you know with that anything is possible especially in that league um, you know you've seen teams come up and you know quite dominate in the championship and mm-hmm. struggle um, i think 
what helped me come to this club. I think the managers, you know, he rang me and he showed great interest in me and um, he didn't beat about the bush. He told me his plans and his ideas in terms of, you know, trying to survive and be competitive in this league. And it really, I really believed in it. I really liked the ideas and it was, it was very, you know, straight point and direct. And I think with this group of players and what he wants to do, I think will be, will be efficient in this league. Very likeable uh, personality. Yeah, really happy for him. So it is a serious jump in standard and fingers crossed it goes well for him. We are uh, thin on the ground when it comes to Premier League minutes at Republic of Ireland international uh, level. So fingers crossed it goes well. Uh, Text in off the bat. Ogbeni to Luton seems like good news, but it feels like they're going to be in for a rotten season a la Bazunu at Southampton. Could it be a bad thing? Yeah, I don't know really. I think I think we can be a little bit. Uh, we can jump the gun on these things a little bit as well. You know what I mean? This is a first of all, it's the achievement in itself. You know, take Ireland out of it. I remember when 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 Villa got promoted and Conor Howerhan. You know, I wasn't thinking too much of it. And then I remember they played their first game, and Conor Howerhan was tweeting saying like, "I'm a Premier League player." Mm. You know, and and he was like a similar age, I would imagine, to 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 what Benny is now. And you're like, it doesn't come when you're twenty. It is a little bit more of an achievement, and there's something kind of brilliant in that in itself. You know what I mean? And he's a Premier League um, player now, and that's a great, that's a brilliant thing for him. You know, I'd encourage people to actually check out that interview because it's not like your standard. Just happy to be here, delighted with the project that's been put forward. I think his first answer, he name checks Limerick, and he actually cites the journey. Like it's been such a rise to go from being a player in his early twenties at Limerick, uh, having come through Cork, etc., to be picked up by Brentford, and then that didn't work out while they're on the up, and then you go to Rotherham, and he's steadily built a career for himself, and is remarkably humble. One of the pictures he has there of his at his unveiling is him with his entire family. Um, and it's like it's just not a story that happens too often and should 100% be celebrated it is going to be a jump in quality for him but like we've seen what he's been able to do at international level and there were doubts when he was brought into the international setup whether or not somebody who was playing wing back for Rotherham could be an effective force in an Ireland front three and I think he's shown that to be more than the case so fingers crossed he was able to take this in a stride as well he is someone as well that you do. There are certain players, and it doesn't apply to everyone by any means. There are certain players that, through their physical attributes as well as their application, can kind of straddle whatever standard they're at. You know, it doesn't mean he has to be like one of the best players in the Premier League or anything like that. But I think he could surprise a few people. You know, because as Richie says, like some of Ireland's bigger games, Ogbené has been the uh, the shine light. You know, so I I actually have very few worries that he's going to be like completely outclassed in the Premier League or anything like that. Well, he's probably Ireland's biggest threat against France this year. That's, that's exactly the game in my head, yeah. So uh, get used to it, folks. They are very much Chidoze Benny's Luton Town. In all oh, yeah. Football. I've had a lot more interest <laughs> in Luton than I did a few weeks ago Going forward. Uh, when I wanted Coventry to beat them in the, in the Championship playoff. Uh, Darrow Shea, um, you know, signed for Burnley uh, late last week as well. We barely mentioned mm-hmm. it, you know, just the time of the week that it happened, you know. So, yeah. good moves, you yeah. know what I mean? It looks like Nathan Collins is on his way to Brentford, um, which, like, he clearly needs out of Wolves, I would say, and Brentford could even be a step up for him. So, you know, maybe some green shoots on the old worst ever season of Irish in the yeah. Premier League uh, that we're on the back of. Rugby Rich. 
Yeah, the Ireland men's rugby seven side are facing Great Britain this evening for a place at next year's Olympic Games. Two Billy Dardis tries helped Ireland beat Portugal 24-0 in this afternoon's European Games semi-final in Krakow. That final is set for 25-9. Michaela Walsh, meanwhile, is a win away from Olympic qualification. The Belfast featherweight beat Aishan Tashkin to advance to the European Games quarterfinals. Dana Morehouse is through to the European Flyweight quarterfinals. Uh, that follows uh, her victory as well today in Krakow over Ukraine's Tetiana Cobb. And another victory as well for Ireland, Aoife O'Rourke getting the better of a majority decision against Cindy Ngambu of the refugee team to advance to the last 16 of the middleweight division. Plenty of other action in Poland today. Josh McGee and Moya Ryan on course for a mixed badminton doubles quarterfinal following their win over the Slovak tandem of Milan Dratva and Katarina Vargova. Uh, McGee returns to action this evening as well alongside Paul Reynolds to face a Team GB pair of Ben Lane and Sean Vendy in the men's doubles. Rachel Dara picked up her first win of the competition, beating Serbia's Mariana Sudamats at 2-1 today. Well, not when. We'll look to make it back-to-back wins and heading for the quarterfinals, hopefully, with a, another men's singles group outing this evening. In the women's triathlon, Erin McConnell finished in 27th position this morning. Saif Brassel missed out on progress in the modern pentathlon. She was 15th after the fencing bonus round and the laser run today. Uh, lads, I presume, as promised last night, you will be ranking the GAA's worst fans on a slight tangent later on this <laughs> evening. Well, now we're talking. Well, we want you to do that for us. Well, we did get an email or a text in which gave a good shot at it. You you just signed off, Richie, and I think it was number one. Tip, right. wasn't it? No, was it, was it? Number, it was number one, Kilkenny. They show up for one match a year. Number two, Kerry, not much better. Number three, Dublin fans just said annoying and number four was Mayo fans and the uh, point there was like they're really having themselves like they really think <laughs> they are the best fans you know long suffering Mayo fans with that one because I'm scared of Mayo fans <laughs> you know so that was our top four last night but yeah but we had a response from a Kilkenny person who was like absolutely fuming oh, that yeah. their county of 100,000 was expected <laughs> to fill Crow Park four times a year yeah. and instead uh, put all the blame at Tipperary fans purely for the chant of tip Tip, 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 tip. How do you keep rhythm on that? You do it two ways. There's the very fast way and then there's the, as Richie just did it there, the kind of getting faster as it goes on. Build momentum, Joe. It's all about building momentum with your tip. We'll see if we talk about that. We did feel it was getting things off on a slightly negative tone. A little bit negative, yeah. Who are the worst GEA fans? Cork. So incendiary, you know, it gets everybody riled up and be good for the ratings. No, no. Uh, <laughs> Go on. You what, wanted to make Cork hurling fans or Cork football fans? See, this is it. I said Cork That's football fans last night. Cork hurling fans are great fans in terms of their uh, their showing up, but do they annoy you when they're there? That's another question. <laughs> well, no, I won't be answering. Okay. <laughs> so, um, well, I think we're going to uh, talk to Chris Andrews about this tomorrow on the show. Richie so um, mm. you can give us the gist Robbie Keane he was unveiled today was he? <clears throat> he was yeah he was before a, a media conference today brushing aside criticism of him taking charge of Maccabee Tel Aviv Israel's treatment of Palestine has led to a torrent of criticism of the move in the past 24 hours as he mentioned Sinn Féin TD Chris Andrews described Maccabee as an apartheid club the Ireland-Palestine solidarity campaign described Keane's move there as deeply disappointing but speaking at his unveiling press conference today Keane wasn't taking notice of the criticism um, I don't want to get into politics and I think this is the last time I'll say I, I certainly do not want to get into politics I'm here as a football man and someone that loves the, loves the game so I will certainly just focus on that but that's thanks good. for your question that's good to hear 
Uh, so we'll see plenty of criticism. Uh, we'll talk to Sinn Féin TD, Chris Andrews, I think, on the show tomorrow. So he's described Maccabee as an apartheid club, for instance. I think that's drilled down into the rights and wrongs of Maccabee, first of all, and then the wider Israel situation. I think everybody is fairly aghast at what they see uh, coming out of that country against Palestinian people on a routine basis. So where Robbie Keane fits into that is obviously tricky for him. He doesn't want to get into it. I'm not surprised he doesn't want to get into it because you're just into choppy water straight away. I suspect he'll be asked about it again, Richie. Yeah, I I presume, judging by the reaction in the room there, because the journalists, uh, pardon my ignorance, I'm not up on Israeli football journalists, um, you might have heard that there is the clip trial out was saying, I'm I'm, I'm delighted to hear it. Like, he's not going to face those questions from within a week-to-week, day-to-day press conference scenario. It's when he ventures outside of the bubble. um, It's when that gig comes to an end, whenever that happens to be. uh, He will face questions about it. And from here... Like it will affect his is standing amongst a decent size chunk of the population because I think a lot of people are pretty much taken aback. I, I'll be honest, like much like you say there, I, 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 that he doesn't want to delve into it because as soon as you do, you're almost swimming against the tide that you're not going to you know get up from. Yeah. Um, I don't think he's given it much thought. I would doubt that he's given it much thought. I should say, uh, going into this about that situation that he is just seeing this as a gig, mm. um, and like I don't know if you can criticize somebody for not thinking. If you know if if, if, if do, that makes yeah. any sense, yeah, yeah. Um, because I don't think it's been a consideration of his going into this. He's probably just seen this as teamer in European action, finished third. There's probably a chance to build. Don't have to build significantly to make them into title contenders in their own country, and, and who knows from there. But I, th- I think to a degree it does actually. You know, it obviously warrants the criticism if if there was consideration of it, and he just decided, ah, do you know what, screw all that, I'll just take it anyway. Um, but I don't. I, I just don't get my honest sense. opinion of it. I don't get that sense that he thought about it now. You have a lot of people, um, Richie mentions, like, you know, this is like, you know, affect how people think of him, you know, and maybe this post this job. I feel like a lot of people who feel strongly about this are in the football going community. It's always been my experience anyway, as well, that there's always a, there, there, a, a lot of, um, I suppose, support uh, for, 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 Palest- for Palestinians at, at Irish routinely. football games, yeah. you know. Um, so you know that's another aspect of this here but I think a lot of it does come back to what we are talking about yesterday which is like is this a good move for Robbie and last night we were talking mainly from a football point of view but it's like just another added on thing it's just mm. like there's going to be this cloud over um, Israel and Maccabee in particular like that's going to be there from only certain quarters I would say and I mean we can argue as to your point Richie as to whether Robbie should be aware of this or not but even so it's more just like is this the right move for him and I feel that's just another little notch against it I have to say okay. as well as the obvious football reasons uh, we have uh, news then from Cork Rich yeah Liam Buckley is going to remain in charge of Cork City for the rest of the SSE or Tristy Premier Division campaign the club's sporting director was placed in temporary charge in May following the sudden departure of Colin Healy since then Buckley has guided Cork to four wins and four defeats and he'll be assisted as he has been for the last two months by Richie Holland Declan Coleman and Liam Kearney Bayern Munich have had a crack at Harry Kane Oh, they have indeed, yeah. Bayern Munich bidding €70 million Euro plus add-ons for Harry Kane. It's reported that the Tottenham striker has indeed got an agreement in principle with the Bundesliga champions, but Spurs have rejected Bayern's bid. However, with Kane still having a year left on his contract, it's believed Spurs would want in excess of €100 million for the 29-year-old. Meanwhile, Guillermo Vicario has been confirmed as Ange Postacoglu's first signing at Tottenham. The 26-year-old goalkeeper has joined from Empoli in a €19 million Euro deal. Vicario has signed a five-year deal at Spurs and has likely 
likely to become Hugo Lloris's replacement between the sticks. Has any football club got more hubris than Spurs? Daniel Levy. Oh, yeah. Oh, who? <laughs> I, don't, don't, I don't know. I don't know. You want 100 million for a player and at 29 in the last year of his contract. He wants out the door. He's wanted out the door for four years. Hmm. Like, I know he signed that six-year contract fine, but you're not going to do better than this. Like, Is that hubris? I, th- I think it's an assumption that they can make, they can win him over in the next 12 months. I think it's a, a sign that Spurs will be back where they belong in the Champions League, which is like they're, you know, they've, they've, told, they've told us now that they're a big six club for a while. It doesn't actually mean they are. The you thing know? about it is, with a year left on his contract, like they, they know he's going within the next 24 months, like, sorry, 12 months. Like, I, I presume they know he's going anyway. And at some point, you are going to have to start a rebuild without somebody who has been your most, you know, reliable goal scorer, reliable player. I think on on the whole, uh, over the past decade, you are going to have to start that rebuild. If you know it's coming, just start it now. Yeah, is this take season? The, is this take, one take season going million. to be worth eighty million plus the significant top earner wages that he's uh, that he's got there? Like that's a big. That's a like that's a big. Um, you know what do they call it? Haircut. Uh, to take for Spurs as a business just because they're too proud to sell Harry Kane mm. so that, that's where I'm getting the hubris from I think it's like as if like Levy doesn't want to lose he doesn't want to be seen to sell Harry Kane but like it's over you've lost lads would you take Piff's sponsorship for Slight Tangent <laughs> <laughs> well yeah considering the money they throw on us absolutely <laughs> <laughs> just let our nervous giggles uh, speak for themselves please welcome to the show someone on Ryan you're very yeah so well we'll see I mean um, I don't think they're going to accept 70 million I do understand them holding it for a bit more it might depend what Postacoglu is saying as well he might be saying Look, I really want to keep him if you can at all I'm sure he is you know that's part of the consideration you yeah. want Postacoglu to work out you want to give him every chance maybe it's worth well, just we'll taking the hit of the I think Bayern Munich an interesting move for I mean, I, it, you know, it is interesting that he has an agreement in, in principle place. with them. Oh, he wants because it, yeah. But we were talking about whether Kane was like willing, you know, wanting to stay in the Premier League over everything. It shows that his ambition is definitely like he wants over. to play for big clubs and win the Champions win League. Things, you know, yeah. I think that's that's a positive thing for Harry Kane. Yeah, Matt Slater's with us later on. He's going to give us his sense of well, what Saudi Arabia are doing and their pro league is trying to do. What's going on at Chelsea? Because it seems like they're in all sorts of strange situations. And then just on the whole, the market, because there's not much happening, Jude Bellingham aside, really. It's one of those quiet summers thus far. Although I see, Richie, your next story. Mm -hmm. Uh, Man City have said, yeah, we'll take him. Yeah, Chelsea are kind of fueling the market, to be fair. Manchester City confirming the signing of Mateo Kovacic from Chelsea. The Croatian midfielder has cost City £25 million plus another £5 million in potential add-ons. Kovacic has signed a four-year deal with the Premier League champions. Another midfielder on his way out of Chelsea today is Ruben Loftus-Cheek. AC Milan, it seems, are going to pay €16 million Euro for the England international, which could rise to £20 million, depending again on those various add-ons. Kind of an interesting signing, Kovacic. They seem to yeah. be interested in Declan Rice. Mm. They you want to take him off Arsenal. Have Calvin Phillips sitting around. Yeah. Just like, boss, can I play a minute? And they say, I oh, will take Kovacic too. So is Kovacic going to be in place for that Rodri spot or do you think it's more no. a replacement for Gundogan, you know? And then they'll probably Gundogan. buy someone else as well. Like, I yeah. think they're looking for a, a, a Gundogan type uh, who can kind of, if needs be, drop back with Rodri, but otherwise... Yeah. bomb on a touch and I guess that's the Declan Rice thing and that's the Kovacic thing and uh, there was a piece 
on the Athletic actually where um, Guardiola was out for lunch with some close confidants where apparently this was back in April they had asked about the Gundogan rumours and Guardiola had said we are, can't lose Gundogan yet we're not ready to lose him he's still too important to us so they certainly didn't want him to go so there's probably a degree of scramble uh, whether this softens their interest in Declan Rice I don't know but uh, Kovacic is yeah it's been in the in the pipes for a while I think the, the Kovacic move um, since yeah. early in the window anyway so okay. I don't know if it would change any plans necessarily I think this is just the, the completion of a long standing almost agreement anyway but yeah, like the the Chelsea thing is interesting, like in general, and obviously we'll talk to Matt Slater about it, but one thing that definitely jumps out at me is like, when did we come a time where club gets rid of player to lesser team and the lesser team is AC Milan? Yeah. Something sad about that, I have to say. Yeah. Uh, Michael on YouTube, politics aside, the worst thing about Keane's career is people making the same stupid joke about his boyhood club dream every time. <laughs> That's true. I made that joke last <laughs> night. did. It <laughs> <laughs> didn't go unnoticed. Yeah. So, Sarah Healy then? Yeah, great evening for her. She set a new personal best in the 1500 metres and with it, the third fastest time in Irish history. She ran a time of 4 minutes, 1.75 seconds in placing fourth at the Golden Spike meeting in Ostrava this evening. Only Sonia O'Sullivan and Kira McGeehan have been faster than the 22-year-old over 1500 metres. That is indeed in an Irish vest. That's also good enough that time uh, for qualification for this year's World Championships. Charlie Maudsley, meanwhile, was sixth this evening in the 400 metres there in the Czech Republic. Okay. Uh, rugby then, the under-20s World Cup. Yeah, James Nicholson replaces the suspended Hugh Cooney in the Ireland under-20 team named to face Australia in Thursday's World Rugby Championship clash. It's one of four changes from the draw with England, with Hugh Gavin moving from the wing to outside centre to accommodate Nicholson. Ronan Fox replaces George Haddon in the front row. Charlie Irvin comes into the second row and Brian Gleeson starts at number eight. While an Ireland women's under-20 squad will travel to Italy for training matches with both the Azzurri and Scotland next month, a 26-player squad will be selected from the 44 players that assembled for a screening camp in Abbottstown recently. Uh, Dara on YouTube, Phil Foden should take the Gundogan role. Yes, yeah, that's a shout. Yeah. Uh, that was generally um, a point made after England's exit at the World Cup, that that was the move they needed to make, Foden through the middle. It's, there's a degree of like, we've been saying this guy could play through the middle for a while now. Come on. Yeah, let's see let's it. Do He'll it. 29 by the time he's given no. a chance, yeah. He's able to have uh, Pep will come up with something you know that's the thing as well isn't it like you know we don't know what way Man City will play next year it'll be something crazy and revolutionary mm. but uh, they'll have they'll have it won't I don't think Kovacic is going to replace no. Gundogan no yeah. he's a handy 25 million signing yeah play 15 games a season yeah there's yeah. a Carling Cup game and a couple of league games and, and he's a really good player he's like, a that's bloody good thing. player you know it's like the way we're talking about him oh like United a kill for him. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Joe sounds more like Pat Kenny every day as a random text. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I wish. Um, from Moonlight Serenade on YouTube. Wow, there's so much going on in that comment. <laughs> uh, it goes to show how bad Cork are these days that our fans aren't hated by all and sundry, says um, Cork. Texture as well. Is there a degree of sympathy for the Cork football fan? I don't know. See, the thing about it is there's no real... Hatred of another supporter base is really a soccer-based thing mm. for the most for the most part. It's not. It's not. Sorry, something Mick that, sorry. that. Mick shaking his head. Sorry, but not, that's but not from the soccer man who goes. It's, it's bullshit. No, you you hate hate in a like. I, uh, I suppose I know what you mean. You'd still you wouldn't you wouldn't be like yeah. you don't have to be separated in the pub beforehand or stand in a different it, town square. But that's more. That's just like a little bit less childish. I would say it's still you still hate the teams. 
Do you? Uh, don't, don't you? Know. Not really. Have your rivals? Ah, no. I don't know if there's much difference in that regard. I just think I just think that it doesn't kind of come with sort of like faux violence that a lot. Like by the way, if a small minority of football fans seem to strive for, where it's like you know this idea of like can't wait to get my hands on. You know, we've seen it at a couple of cup finals in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. I'll say no more. Yeah, I don't know. I always think there's still that lovely thing of you sit next to obviously fan of other county and you chat away. Yeah, and you would expect. Well, of course to. you do. do you, yeah. Like, sorry. Do, yeah, you, you, maybe I've gone off on one here and I've gone wrong. I, oh, I, I would be like about hating the teams and okay. hating, not wanting to lose to certain teams and all. I think is as strong in GA as it is in any other. <laughs> <laughs> what I um, what I think you do hate is the what you would call patronising, hard luck shake of the hands from the other GA supporter at the end of the match. Hundred percent. The other day but, you would have had us. Yeah. But do you think I haven't done that on the other side? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's always a nice thing too. Yeah. Why well, do you don't like it though? Oh, I do like it. I think it's fine. Yeah. Mm. I'm just I'm just usually a little bit angry. Not in the mood for it. Yeah. And like I don't want to be like I could just imagine arguing with a randomer. Like, I could you know? just imagine you're shaking the hand back, zero eye contact, the limpest hand that there's ever been. No, like, yeah, you know, thanks, you thanks. know the did famous Mick, story on, around Did Mick just it. say I don't want to be arguing with a randomer? That's been like eighty percent of your life. You know, I once shook the hand of. Um, oh, I hate, I can't. I don't even know. Oh, here we go. Sorry. <laughs> so in twenty in twenty eighteen, the All Ireland semi final, Claire and Galway was a draw. Okay. Um, the replay was the following week and I was uh, me and my wife were away that weekend down in Kerry and I couldn't even move it because I'd already moved that weekend away for the Munster final mm-hmm. right so like I'm not going to the game Yeah, she's Galway obviously uh, we watched the semi-final replay in Paddy O'Shea's pub yeah. in Ventry nice uh, oh really nice yeah lovely day uh, Claire hit the post in the last minute to win the game don't do it Galway go through to the All-Ireland final I don't even remember this, but this is what happened. I apparently shook her hand and walked out of the... Stop. <laughs> oh, Michael. I'm mortified. Bad behavior. I know. Bad behaviour. I'm telling the National Airways about it for some reason, but <laughs> it, did, it did fit what we were talking about. Yeah, yeah. I, I shook her hand and just walked, walked out. out. I didn't tell her where I was going. I did that just like stood outside the fresh air for a few minutes. Like oh, Mick God. McCarthy and Roy Keane at the end of the holiday. <laughs> not, not too far <laughs> off. <yeah. laughs> Looking in different directions. She was just left in there with people laughing <laughs> as I'm like standing outside. <laughs> Not good. <laughs> I'm not talking to you. Goodbye. <laughs> on uh, Stephanie Meadow, by the way, who's on the way in just a moment, just to give you the context of her season, it was not going well at all. So she had missed the cut, finished 49th, missed the cut, missed the cut, missed the cut, 31st, missed the cut, 23rd in the drive on championship. It was um, awful and things were not going well. And now she's rebounded out of nowhere to tie for third at the USPGA, pick up $400,000. Thank you very much yeah. as well, which changes. Um, a few things so we're really looking forward to chatting to her in uh, just a moment in the meantime Richie thank you very much nice lads Michael cheers thank you